0: Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the program. This is season one of the Redeeming Productivity Show. And if you are new around here, this is not the first or for several episodes, we've been doing this for a long time, but I decided recently to switch over to a seasons format so we could deal with some subjects kind of in depth and really deal with some themes as we move through. And so the first area that I wanted to really dig deep on in this podcast is habits. So this season one of the Redeeming Productivity show is called Essential Habits of the Productive Christian. And so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should. And basically there I laid down what makes something a habit. What does the Bible have to say about habits? How do you get rid of a bad habit and start a new one, uh, biblically speaking, and how do you actually, you know, do habits and make them habitual, make them stick. And I just wanted to lay a little bit of a baseline there so that we can talk about individual habits in the coming episodes. So in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about prayer. And in uh, other episodes, just so you know what to look forward to, we're going to be talking about planning. We're going to be talking about Bible reading, scripture memorization, diet exercise, a lot of um, practical things mixed in with some spiritual discipline type things. And really what I'm trying to do is lay down a really solid foundation so that if you practice these handful of habits you will be well on your way towards maturity as a believer and just more productivity in your life and doing it in a way that honors God. That makes sense. And I think it's a good idea. So that's what we're going to do. Before we jump into the prayer thing, I did want to uh, offer a little bit of a correction to something I said last week. Um, I'm actually recording this before I release any of them. So If any of you listened to the previous episode and you say, Hey, you said the Bible never says the word habit and you send me a gotcha email. Well, gotcha right back because I'm catching this before you actually hear that episode. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but here's what I said. I said, the Bible doesn't mention the word habits. That's not actually true in the ESV. The word habit does show up in Hebrews where it talks about, uh, in chapter 10, I believe where it talks about the people who had abandoned the gathering of the saints. Basically they stopped going to church and it says, as is the habit of some other versions say custom or practice. And the reason I didn't include that in the last episode is because generally I don't think that it was talking about habit in the way that we use that phrase, you know, like the, the bad habit of, um, you know, eating too many lime chips or the good habit of of exercising weekly or, you know, things that you do that are healthy habits or bad habits. Really, when it uses the word habit in that verse, it probably is better translated as custom or practice. And it really was just something people had been doing um, repeatedly. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to excuse myself, but I don't think that you could form a full-fledged theology of habits just from that verse because one translation translated as habit. Okay, well, now that I've presented my self-defense argument, let's move into uh, the first habit I want to deal with, which is prayer. Prayer. Now, I'm not dealing with these different habits in any particular order. I'm kind of going to go back and forth between spiritual ones and more kind of like practical day-to-day type productivity habits but I wanted to deal with prayer first because it's fresh in my mind. And I think probably one of the most important habits you should get into the habit of doing. What is prayer? Well, prayer is is just talking to God. Prayer is an an opportunity to praise and to thank uh, God, to confess your sin, to ask for aid. Uh, Prayer, it aligns our priorities with heaven's priorities. And it, you know, is an opportunity for us to entrust the results of our plans and what we're asking for to God and. So simply put prayer is, is an act of humble reliance upon God in which we, we present praise and and confession of sin and requests and thankfulness to him. And so prayer, just talking to God. But why do I say that prayer is an essential habit of the productive Christian, right? So all these habits we're dealing with, not only are the things that Christians should be doing, which should be obvious with prayer, but there are things that productive Christians should be doing. People who want to maximize the effectiveness of their life for God's glory. Prayer is probably pretty high up on the list or ought to be. And I say that's essential because, well, first prayer is a privilege. Um, Hebrews talks about boldly drawing near to the throne of grace because of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we, we struggle with prayer. We kind of uh, put it off and we don't do it as much as we ought to. And we feel like it's a burden, but prayer, isn't a burden. Prayer is an insanely high privilege. And I think it helps to have this mindset when we approach prayer that, wow, I get to pray, not that I have to pray. It's a privilege because it is something we enjoy. Access to the throne of grace is something we enjoy as a benefit of knowing Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ has reconciled us to God the Father, which is why we can pray with Jesus, our Father, and have a sense of familiarity and even a a ch- um, a child-parent bond because he's adopted us into our family on the basis of our faith with Jesus Christ, our union with him. So what's insane is it says in Hebrews that we can boldly draw near to the throne of grace. That's nuts. I get to talk to the God of the universe. I get to have a conversation. I get to tell him and plead with him and ask for his help and thank him and praise him. Man, prayer is insane. Prayer is insane. So it's an essential habit of a Christian because it's a privilege. It's something we ought to all take advantage of. Second, prayer is essential because prayer is supernaturally effective. Prayer works. Uh, prayer isn't just, you know, something that, you know, people will say prayer. Does prayer change God or does it change you? Well, prayer changes you. Yeah, I get that. But I also think that's a false dichotomy because it's not that you're changing God when you pray, but it does make clear in scripture that God does answer prayers. He uses the means of our own prayers to carry out his perfect sovereign will. I don't know how. I don't completely get it. You don't need to either. All we know is that prayer is effective. James 5:16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I said the prayer of a righteous man, like it's a type of person, a righteous man. Hello, I'm Peter Righteousman. I, I these jokes are awful. <laughs> So we pray because prayer works. It does something. God answers prayers. And if our aim is to be productive in the bearing of good fruit for God's glory, being good stewards of these lives, uh, you know, doing our jobs well, caring for our families well, and just overall having a life that uh, contributes, that is loving towards others and is is, um, glorifying to God. Well, yeah, we should make prayer a really high priority in our lives. And we should take advantage of these resources God has given us. When you think about the fact that prayer is effective, then we should pray for the endeavors we undertake in life. We should make prayer the top uh, task on our planning sheet. You know, like if you're planning out a project, number one, pray about it, then do the next tasks. Prayer is essential, an essential habit of the productive Christian because it's effective. And then also prayer does change you also prayer produces peace. That's why it's essential. As we turn our cares over to the one who cares for us, who loves us like a father. Well, the experience that you have in turn is a sense of peace. I have cast my cares upon the Lord. They're off my shoulders. They're on the biggest shoulders in the universe and that produces peace in us. So I say prayer is essential because man, It's a privilege, it's supernaturally effective, and it produces peace in us. And I say that it's a habit because we are commanded to pray without ceasing. First First Thessalonians 5.17. I'll try to say that without a lisp. Why would you want to cease praying (laughs) given what it is just said previously? Why would you ever stop praying? And, I, and people sometimes get hung up in this, pray without ceasing. Well, does that mean that like every single moment, every single second of every day I should be praying? I can't talk to anybody else, you know? I need to be praying in the shower. I need to be praying while I sleep. How do I pray while I'm asleep? No, just chill. Just relax. I mean, it's just pray at all times. Just be in in prayer. Be praying. You know? Pray as you go through your day. Pray as you're reading your Bible. Pray as you ride your bicycle. Pray as you're driving your car. Pray when you're at work, right before you send that email that you know is going to get you in a ton of trouble. But you got to pray. I mean, you got to send it anyway pray, just pray all the time. And so make it a better way to put it. Actually, I would say is make prayer habitual, habitual, make a habit of praying, but it's so easy. I think to forget to pray. And especially so at least for me, when life is going well, you know, when life's hard or when you're under a lot of stress, like you pray a lot. Like I've been praying a lot. I mean, as as I've undertaken uh, doing Redeeming Productivity full time, oh my goodness, I pray more than ever. And uh, that's to my shame. But it's because I recognize my dependence on God more when I'm under a trial or under stress, right? We all do. It's not that you're more dependent on God. You're always dependent on God. But sometimes when we're in a season of flourishing or, or blessing, we tend to forget that the reason for that is the goodness of God. And so we're less uh, reliant on him in prayer. So we should make it habitual because we've been commanded to. So prayer is an essential habit, but like I say, all the time, we need to have strategies for our habits. And I mean this, even for our spiritual habits, we can't just leave this up to, I hope, you know, hopefully this morning I feel like praying. No, if you want to make something a habit, you got to make a plan for it. I really believe this. And I don't think that's unspiritual to say, but I mean, just picture this. Imagine. If we prayed throughout the day at work every day, imagine if we were in the habit of pausing to pray at every opportunity, that that was our default response, not just to trouble, but to good things happening to us all the time praying. And imagine if we scheduled into our days a time to pray so that we guaranteed that even when things are going well, even when we start taking God's goodness for granted, we have kind of a backstop in place in our schedule that makes sure that we never go too long. We never go a day without speaking to God. And that's what I think this is. Making prayer a habit involves a couple things. It involves making sure you have some of those backstops in place to make sure that you're praying each day, even. even if, you know, the day gets busy, you're not thinking about it, but also training yourself to make prayer your default response to just about everything in life. And imagine if we did all that, how might our thinking change? How might we see God's hand more in our lives? How might we truly be more productive in the things that matter most? If we are constantly committing our plans to God, how much less anxiety and worry would we feel? If we knew that we were constantly handing things over to the God of the universe who cares for us, I think a lot. Now I'd like to pause and thank the supporters of this show. Redeeming productivity is supported by people like you, sort of like PBS, but way lower quality. So if you're benefiting from these resources and would like to help support the work of creating videos, articles, a weekly newsletter, and this podcast, consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity on Patreon. It's my mission to create biblically sound resources to help Christians get more done with their lives for God's glory. Patreon supporters make this show possible and they also receive special perks like early releases of new episodes, access to an exclusive Discord server of like-minded believers as well as physical goodies like Redeeming Productivity stickers and notebooks. So if you're interested in supporting Redeeming Productivity, head on over to patreon.com slash redeemingprod to learn more. There's also a link in the show notes, as well as information on how to give a one-time gift, if that's more your jam. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. So, how do we do this? I'm going to give you kind of some high-level stuff about how to, some strategies, I guess, for making prayer a habit. And I think the number one thing begins with valuing prayer. Uh, prayer is an act of faith. It really is because you don't pray and then see immediate results always. Right? I mean, that's not always the case. That's kind of rarely the case in my experience, but that doesn't mean prayer isn't effective when we pray. It's because we believe that prayer is effective. We believe that God is a God who will will answer those prayers, right? So prayer is an act of faith. And just, you know, the honest truth, we don't pray because we don't believe. That's why. The reason we don't pray is because we don't believe. And so we need to cultivate that faith. And even in the act of praying, it is an act of faith. It's an act of stepping out and saying, God, I trust you. I I believe that that prayer is effective. I believe, I believe that you hear my prayers. And I mean, even just look at the life of Jesus. Jesus prayed all the time and yet Jesus was divine and he was perfect. And so if Jesus needed to pray, how much more so do we, right? How much more so do we, and you can learn to value prayer when you recognize that prayer is an opportunity. Like I said earlier, not just, um, to make use of, because God, you know, gives us great things, but because man, it's an opportunity to fellowship with God, the God we love and adore and, and look at the supernatural answers to prayer in scripture, you know, Ezekiel or Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, he prayed for it not to rain and God didn't make it rain right? So it says in James, He was just like us. He was a guy with a nature like ours and he prayed and and God answered it, even in a supernatural way. And so since prayer works, we need to value it. So if you want to make prayer a habit, well, start by learning to value it more. Spend some time in scripture, read the prayers of the saints of old. Um, Look at the life of Jesus and how often he prayed. A second, if you want some strategies to make prayer more of a habit in your life, um, consider some alternative ways of praying. <laughs> pray while you're surfing. Now, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but if left to my own devices, I'll pray the same thing every day. And that's not necessarily bad, right? I mean, you know, the, the parable, of the persistent widow or the, the, the guy who kept knocking at the door, right? And those are parables of prayer being persistent in our prayers. But I pray the same stuff a lot. Like I, like, If you recorded me praying every day for a month, probably there'd be like 80% overlap in the things I say. And the reason is we can kind of just fall into these patterns. And because of that prayer can go, can grow stale and not as exciting and something we want to do. And so one way you can kind of break that is to pray the Bible and There's a great book on this by Don Whitney um, called Praying Scripture or Praying the Bible. I'm not sure which. I've mentioned it before. That's worth checking out. Um, He says this very thing. He said, prayers without variety eventually become words without meaning. Wow, that's pretty good. And so his solution to that is pray the Bible. And the way he explains it, he says to pray the Bible, you simply go through the passage line by line, talking to God about whatever comes to mind as you read the text. Wow, I wrote a whole book on that. I'm just teasing. It's, it's still a worthwhile book to read, but that's the gist of it. As you're reading, pray it back to God. And if you want a really helpful little acronym to sort of hang your thoughts on, that'll remind you as you're reading the Bible types of things you can pray to God about what you're reading. John Piper has actually made a little acronym called I O U S so like I O U S, and they are different prayers that actually come from the Bible, but you can pray about the Bible as you read it. So, for example, um, I, in I-O-U-S, is incline my heart to your testimonies. Psalm 119.36. So, help, help me to to love them. Help me, my heart, to want to hear your testimonies, want to obey them. So, in I is incline my heart to your testimonies. O is open my eyes to see wonderful things. Psalm 119, 18. And so that is praying for illumination, praying that God would show you and help you to understand the wonders and the glory of what you're reading in scripture. So you can pray that as you're reading. Oh, open my eyes to see wonderful things. You is unite my heart to fear your name. That's Psalm eighty six eleven. So asking God to, to, uh, help you to fear his name, to, to hold God in reverence and respect and to, as you're reading his word, to see him in it and adore and respect that. And then S is satisfy, satisfy me in the morning with your steadfast love. Psalm 90 verse 14. I O U S. So you can pray that about anything you're reading in the Bible. And it's just kind of a helpful reminder. So we're talking about strategies for making prayer a habit and we talked about valuing prayer. We've just talked about praying the Bible to help you, um, make it more habitual. So your, your prayer life isn't stale or stagnant. Another one is putting off bad habits and putting on prayer. So if you listen to the previous episode in this, uh, series, we talked about the put off, put on principle from Ephesians where you, if you want to form a new habit or get rid of an old one, you don't just remove an old habit, you replace it. And you can do this with prayer as well. And so you can do it with good habits or bad habits. Um, here, there's a couple ways for this to work. So the, here's how a habit works. A habit is sort of like a loop. Okay. There is a cue. There is a routine and there is a reward to, that reinforces that loop. Right? So the cue is the thing that sets you off to do the routine, the thing that you do, the actual habit itself. And then there's some reward you enjoy from the habit. That reminds you next time that when that cue comes, that it's worth doing the habit so that you'll get the reward. And that's how it becomes a loop and it becomes vicious. That's, this is literally why habits are hard to break and why we even call it breaking a habit, you're breaking that loop. So here's a kind of a benign example, brushing your teeth, brushing your teeth. Um, what's the cue for that? Well, for me, it's, it's bedtime. I'm about to get ready to go to sleep. I'm in the bathroom. I'm going to brush my teeth. That's the cue. I'm in the bathroom, ready for bed. The cue is brush my teeth. So what's the routine? Well, the actual brushing, the actual habit of brushing my teeth. And what's the reward? Oh, I have that fresh, clean, tingly feeling in my mouth. And so I go to sleep and my teeth feel wonderful. And that repeats itself because the next night, oh, I want to, I want to do that thing. Oh, it's time for bed again. Oh, yeah. What I do at bedtime, I do my routine of brushing my teeth. And then the reward, oh, a tingly feeling. And it just keeps going. So a lot of times we also have like bad spiritual habits, you know, like worrying or idolatry, or even becoming kind of like self-focused when certain things happen and with any of these things, whether it's a bad one or a good one, you can kind of hijack it. an existing habit and either replace the bad thing or sort of ride the coattails of a good habit. Uh, you just have to pay attention to the, what the cue is. So for example. Maybe one of your bad habits is complaining. You know, it's a sin to grumble and complain. Did you know that? Yeah, you should know that because that's what led to the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. God doesn't like when we grumble and complain because it is a complaint against his providence. But what can you do if you're given to that? Right? So maybe you get into this cycle. Someone's rude to you or they say something you think might be rude. That's the cue. Well, what is your routine? How do you respond? Maybe you respond to it by posting a complaint on social media, subtweeting them, or just, you know, saying something sour online. And what's the reward? Well, people comment on it or they like it. They say, I'm so sorry. Well, wow, what a jerk that person was to you. Or, you know, you were right. And so you say, yeah. That, that bad habit was rewarded. And so next time someone's rude to you, you follow the same thing. You post on social media and you're rewarded by the feedback from the people who like you and want to affirm you, even though they're not being helpful because they're affirming you in your sin of grumbling and complaining. So how could we fix that? Well, instead notice the cue. What's the cue? Someone was rude to you. When that happens, remind yourself, train yourself, stop and pray for them. Stop and pray for them. And what have you done then you have put off grumbling and complaining and you have put on, uh, praying for that person. You've put on loving that person. You've put on bringing it to the Lord and talking with him. And so there you have broken the habit by breaking, by discovering the cue that led to your bad behavior, hijacking it for something good. Put off, put on, right. But you can do the same thing even with good habits, right? You can do it with the brushing teeth thing. So when you go to brush your teeth at night, maybe if you're trying to memorize scripture, which we'll talk about in a future episode, but maybe that's the time while you're kind of mindlessly brushing your teeth. You can look at a, um, a note card with a verse on it and practice it and, you know, memorize it over time. And you make that a habit, you hijack that cue and put another habit alongside it, not just replacing a good habit, but building upon it. So put off bad habits and put on prayer. And imagine what our lives would be like if we did this habitually. If we tried to make prayer, uh, deliberately seep into every corner of our life. What if we were trading our worry for Thanksgiving? What if we were trading our wallowing for confession? When, what if we were trading our idolatry for adoration, right? And what if we were trading our complaining for asking in prayer? Can you imagine the transformation your life would have? Can you imagine how productive you would be for God's glory? And how much your attitude towards life would change if you were walking with the Lord with that level of closeness, habitually praying to Him? So I encourage you do these things. Learn to value prayer. Uh, pray the Bible. Put off bad habits and replace them with prayer. You know, try, try to break it into, to other everyday parts of your life. You can pray while you're driving. Let that be a cue to pray. You can pray while you brush your teeth. Like I said, you can, uh, start your day with a deliberate scheduled time of prayer. And as we just wrap up this episode, I'll use this to lead in a little bit. Uh, if you want some help with this, uh, how to make prayer a part of your day, one of the best things you can do is have a morning routine that involves a scheduled time of prayer. Morning routine is just where you wake up a little bit earlier than you normally would so that there's no distractions. There's not other things competing for your time. And you dedicate that time to specific productive activities like prayer, Bible reading, exercise, journaling, things like that. I did a whole course on this and it's called power mornings. And there is an entire section on scheduling a time of prayer. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. Power mornings is an online course that takes you by the digital hand and guides you through the process step-by-step step, of how to make a Christ honoring morning routine that actually works and that you'll actually stick with. And power mornings, you get video instruction from me as well as a workbook, which will guide you through the process of coming up with a Christ honoring morning routine that doesn't sacrifice sleep, includes a time, for we're studying the Bible each morning plan for how to pray every day, exercise, and even the basics for how to take five minutes each morning to plan the day ahead. The result of all this is you are going to have the habits in place that are going to keep you on track to becoming more and more the person that God wants you to be. You're going to have a greater sense of peace in your life because you're going to be walking with the Lord each day and you're going to be staying on top of your commitments. So if you're feeling stuck or you just want to supercharge your growth, check out Power Mornings. It's the morning routine for productive Christians. Well, I hope to see you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about planning the basics habits of planning your days and planning your life in general. There's going to be a lot to dig into there. So I hope to see you over there. But until I do, remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.